come on in. Well, or how, how your brackets? How how they finish up? Okay. As we record this edition of Central Region now, one of my final four teams made it. One is still playing, and two fell by the wayside quite some time ago. <laughs> i got to go check our, our little bracket game. We do a little bracket game every year on our Hanover Sports Twitter feed. We've been doing it since we started that feed. Well, we started at, what, spring of 12, so it would have been the 2013 tournament. And it's just been fun, you know, for bragging rights to see how well people do. My daughter actually doesn't know much about college basketball. She picked Florida State to win the national title. And, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know about that. But then, you know, look what they did all the way to the Elite Eight. Good performance, even though in a losing one against Michigan. You, you, You feel bad for Houston. The Houston Cougars have been sitting at home all this week. And this weekend, watching what Michigan has done, and they're at the Final Four, and Houston was that close. They were so close to making the upset there in the second round, and and there would be no Michigan going to San Antonio. That's what's so fun about March Madness. I know my buddy Mark Davis at NBC12 posted somebody's inane article in the last week or so about how the tournament should only be Power 5 conference schools. Okay, so that means there would have been no Villanova. Two of your four number one seeds this year were Power, not Power 5 conference schools. Gonzaga couldn't have made it to the championship game last year. VCU's run... Uh, from the first four to the final four would have never have happened seven years ago. It's just, you you do that. And I, I'm going to be honest with you folks, I'm a little afraid for the long-term future, once we get through, uh, however long it takes, we get through this college basketball corruption situation and, you know, how culpable has the NCAA been? And if the NCAA survives at all, will they decide to, uh, you know, kind of break apart or will will it break apart? And then the Power Five conferences look at each other and go, we just needed to go do our own thing. And, you know, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the SEC and the ACC, Big 10, they just go on their separate way and create their own super league and leave the Atlantic 10 and the Big East and basketball and other sports and the Missouri Valley, which is represented this year in the Final Four, just kind of leave all that behind which I think would be horrendous, not just for college basketball, but for collegiate sports, period. Coastal Carolina and baseball, a couple of years ago, would have had no chance in the College World Series if you have uh, that, that type of mindset. Just absolutely inane. And so pray it never happens. Congrats to the Ramblers. What a great story. Um, I just I wish I'd have had the guts to carry them in my bracket further than I did. I had them in the Sweet 16, and I couldn't take them further because for some reason I wished I'd never watched the Pac-12 championship game. It was late on Saturday night a couple of weeks ago. It happened to be on TV. It was the last game on. I got enamored with how they played in the second half and thought they'd make a run, and I've never seen a major college team quit in the first round of an NCAA tournament like Arizona did in that loss to Buffalo. Unbelievable. All right, let's get to the matter at hand. Time for lots of stuff here on this latest edition of our Central Region Now podcast. Coming up, we will go through our latest top 10 baseball and softball polls released on this Sunday as we record Central Region Now. Um, Don't forget our Super 7 soccer and lacrosse polls, both boys and girls. They debut in two weeks, coming out of spring break on our April 8th edition of Central Region Now. So our podcast there in April and early to mid-May is going to be jam-packed for about six weeks with six, count them, six weekly polls. Baseball, softball, boys and girls, soccer, 
boys and girls lacrosse. But our top 10 baseball and softball polls and analysis are still ahead. We're also going to look at this week. It looks like the weather's going to be good. We're going to get through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There's very, very little going on Friday because we head into spring break. It's also Good Friday as well. There's like one or two make good games. But other than that, everybody else is idle. Uh, on Friday the 30th, we've got uh, a, a team heading out to a national invitational tournament we'll be talking about. That starts middle of the week. Lots to go over, and we'll do that in just a few moments. But first, we begin our podcast this evening, or today, or tonight, whenever you may be listening, with the second edition of what we call The Sit-Down, an opportunity for us to have an expanded, long-form interview with someone that we are covering in the world of local sports. And yes, we predominantly do high school sports, but as you know, we also cover a lot of college sports at the Division Three level through Randolph-Macon College and the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. Uh, we obviously do women's basketball uh, in our conjunction, our work with the Atlantic 10 Conference and other things as well. And one of the most greatest parts about covering basketball in this particular season gone by was watching the growth and the maturation of sophomore Kelly Williams of Randolph-Macon women's basketball, who was you know, thinking about Division I schools, uh, looking at them down in her home state of North Carolina and to the south, and then discovered Randolph-Macon, and she'll explain how in a moment. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I know that coach, head coach Carol LaHaye is glad that she made that decision, and one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Kelly on the podcast is because her personality is so vibrant and so much fun. She is so down to earth. Uh, in, in an age where sports figures who get a lot of press and a lot of publicity because of what they do uh, can become very jaded, very egotistical, very self-centered, uh, there is no way in the world that's ever going to happen to this young lady. She is so grounded, it's not funny, and it is a refreshing a breath of air uh, to sit down and talk with her. So without further ado, Division Three All-American uh, on, on several different lists. Frankly, we thought she should have won National Player of the Year. She did not, uh, unfortunately, but uh, she has give, been given tons of recognition for the year that she had, leading the country in scoring, second in by a, just a, a tenth of a rebound average per game, nationally in Division Three in rebounds, top five in blocks, uh, and she's got two years to go. So here's our conversation with Randolph-Macon, uh, women's basketball sophomore, Kelly Williams. Happy to be on the beautiful campus of Randolph-Macon College, where the snow was one day and was gone the next, <laughs> which has been normal operation the last week or so. It's supposed to be spring. I don't understand. But, but anyway, very happy to have a chance to sit down in our new series, The Sit Down, and talk to uh, a lady who has awards and accolades have been pouring in for her over the last two weeks. Uh, ever since the, the end of Randolph-Macon women's basketball season, one of the best in the 36-year history that Carol LaHaye has been in charge here in Ashland. Uh, over 20 wins again, ODAC championship again. Got to host the regional for the first time in over a decade. Won in the first round. Ran into a tough Christopher Newport team in the second round. Uh, but through all of that, uh, with the team this year, what a performance by sophomore center slash forward slash wherever she needs to be. She'll even occasionally take a three-pointer, very occasionally. <laughs> Kelly Williams is our guest here on the Central Region Now podcast. Kelly, thank you for carving out some time in between classes and homework and uh, healing from the season to talk to us. Absolutely not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, one of the things that we're doing 
with this new interview series, Kelly, is we want people to get to know the people who either play or coach or behind the scenes, that sort of thing. So I want to take you way back. And I want you to, and we've never talked about this personally in all the interviews that we've done uh, for the uh, Herald Progress newspaper and whatnot. Tell me about finding basketball when you were a kid. Um, when did you know you really loved basketball? And when did you know that maybe this could be something that you could parlay into a college opportunity? Well, ever since I was little, me and my dad and my brother and my mom, we've watched basketball, like March Madness and everything else in between, and we're, we grew up great big state fans, like the Wolfpack. So we always watched, especially when they played Duke and Carolina, we watched those big games. And I think that's kind of where I started to like basketball because it was like a family affair. My mom had played in high school. My dad had played. We had a basketball going in our backyard. So my friends up the road used to ride the four-wheelers down, and we'd just play in the yard. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was thinking then, you know, I'm going to go to college and be a great big basketball star, but it was just kind of like the starting of basketball for me. And I remember when State played Duke when J.J. Redick was playing. Mm -hmm. We watched that game, and Duke obliterated State, I mean, <laughs> as they usually do. <laughs> and J.J. Redick hit, like, so many three-pointers, and, like, he was, like, solid from the free-throw line, and he just has, like, one of the best shots in yeah. basketball at the time. And I remember, like, when we would go out in the yard, my dad would always be like, oh, let's shoot like J.J. Redick. Pretend like you're J.J. Redick. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't a Duke fan, but I was a fan of J.J. Reddick. <laughs> so, I mean, every time we'd just go shoot out there, like, and I'd be J.J. Reddick, mm -hmm. pretend it. And that was kind of how basketball started for me. And then I went through high school, played a little bit when I was in fifth and sixth grade. That's kind of when I first started playing, like, organized basketball. Mm -hmm. And I was taller than everyone else. So, I mean, I was able to get rebounds and – Oh, double-double was a thing for me even in fifth and sixth grade. And my dad, he, he was a stats man, so he always kept up with the stats. So, I mean, that's he was always evaluated how a player plays by their efficiency. So even when I was younger, he was keeping the stats and telling me, like, oh, you didn't have such a great game. He's like, I'm not going to tell you you played well if you didn't. You know, my mom, she's more of like the, let's be on the academic side. So, I mean, that's why I ended up at school here playing basketball because, you know, my dad's he's like, let's play a little sports. And my mom's like, well, it's a good place to for uh, academics, because, mm. you know, she's a professor, so that's what she's concerned with. But, yeah, that's how basketball here pretty much came to be. Wow. And now <laughs> let's let's talk about where you're from so people can kind of understand the, 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 the nature of, of where you grew up and why you were an NC State fan. By the way, I am a lifelong NC State fan, <laughs> but I, I go back to the days of David Thompson, so we won't talk about that's <laughs> That just shows how old I am. Um, uh, tell us a little bit about growing up and where you were, and, and, and yeah, I know it was in North Carolina, but it was a very interesting part of North Carolina, I can say. Well, I'm from Garysburg, which is a town pretty much consists of my family or people that I go to church with, which our church is very small. And, I mean, my grandfather is a farmer, and he went to Chowan and State, and State's like the big ag school. So mm -hmm. everybody where I'm from is big on ag, so we're big on Wolfpack. I mean, there are a few Carolina fans here and there, you know, have our bouts with, with the Carolina <laughs> fans. But um, it's so small that, like, I only had 16 in my graduating class, as I've already told you. So it's like a family atmosphere where I'm from, and it's like a lot of hunting and fishing and rednecks, as people call it, from here call them. And, you know, I don't, I come here and it's not that much. It's a little bit of an adjustment, mm -hmm. but it's like a good adjustment because I'm not going to, I want to go back home in the future, but like, if I do decide to go somewhere else, it's good to have that different atmosphere that, that I wouldn't have when I'm at home. But I, I like where I live, and honestly, I wouldn't mind going back there after I graduated. Absolutely. There's no place like home. 
Let's let's talk a little bit about then the connection that was made between you and Randolph Macon. How did you learn about the college in the first place from Garysburg? And for those who don't know, Garysburg, if you go, I don't know what, 10, 20 miles or so south of Roanoke Rapids on 95, you'll see an exit for Garysburg before you get to Rocky Mount. So that's kind of the part of Carolina we're looking at, a little under two hours from here, from, from Ashland. How'd that connection begin? Well, as I've already said, you know, I love to be at home. So uh, when I was looking for schools, I was trying to narrow it down to a pool where I knew I'd be able to go home if I wanted to make that trip. Okay. So, like, I was, we were in a class for my English teacher when I was in my senior year. Mm -hmm. And she, like, had us do, like, this little website thing that, like, would pull up colleges, like, by the criteria that you selected. I can't remember exactly what it was. But anyways, Randolph-Macon was one of the schools that came up. Okay. And she had, she's, she, like, her family owns Camp Willow Run, which is in Littleton. And a few of the people that worked at Camp Willow Run had been to school here and played a sport and had okay. talked about how it wasn't so much focused on the sport as it was, like, the classroom aspect. You know, I, I like that. So, like, I went home and I told my mom about it, and she was like, well, maybe you should go check it out. Because at the time I was visiting, like, bigger schools, like Gardner-Webb, which is four and a half hours from home. And, you know, I liked Gardner-Webb, but mm -hmm. it didn't really set into me, like, how far away it was until I was in the car driving there. <laughs> like, because my mom made me drive. She's like, this is what you'd have to drive if you decided to go to school here. So I think she was kind of against the Gardner-Webb idea. <laughs> but anyways, I was visiting schools that were far away from home. So she's like, well, let's set up a visit. So I sent Coach LaHaye an email. And we got, like, connected with the school, and me and my dad came down for a visit. And I remember my dad, when we came out of the admissions office, my dad was like, oh, look at those columns, talking about the Brock, <laughs> like, the Brock Commons over there, how mm -hmm. they have the really pretty columns out there, and the fountain was on or whatever. And it was just, it was really, it was, like, felt like a really homey place. Like, everybody you walked by was like, hey, how's it going? You know, the, the um, orientation leaders were, like, they were so enthusiastic about the school, and the tour guides mm -hmm. and and then you walk around the campus and you get a feel for just how small it is like the walk from freshman village wasn't so far to the classes which was completely different than any of the other schools that I toured like when I toured Furman in South Carolina we actually rode a gator like around the campus around. to like get the the feel and like here you know you were walking so you it was like a, an hour tour but like if you walk around campus and like you see every building it might take you an hour but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean so that's kind of how I decided to come here I went home talked to my mom about it and then I just sent out an application, and I was like, well, that's where I want to go to school because I want to be close to home, and I still now go home every other weekend, or if not every weekend. Wow. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Which you now know 95 like the back of your hand. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a long drive sometimes, but sometimes it feels so short. It, it, it's funny. For those of the listeners who've known me for a long time on our podcast, my daughter they know is at Longwood University, and that's an hour and 20 minutes away from where we are, and she'll tell me the same thing. Sometimes, man, that was a breeze, or... Holy cow, I thought I'd never get home. <laughs> or you get stuck in that awful traffic <laughs> yeah. from an accident, and you're like, oh, my goodness, please not today. <laughs> uh, yeah, because if, yeah, yeah, if you get an accident on, on 95 South and Emporia, it's either try to get on 301 uh, uh, yeah, or construction, and you, you got trouble. You're right. Um, when Coach LaHaye had a chance to meet you and get to know you, um, what was kind of her reaction? And then coming in freshman year in your first practices and whatnot, how easy was it to kind of make the transition into this program? I think I've said before how how much faster the college game is. Mm -hmm. When I came here, Coach LaHaye was like, you know, you are a very tall player in height you can't teach, and you have good hands. And she's like, that's something you can't teach. Like the hand-eye coordination in a tall player is something you're looking for. Yeah. And she was like – she didn't tell me like how big of a help I would be to the team, I guess, coming in as a freshman. So I, I wasn't expecting that. 
But she did say she thought that I would be an, a valuable asset to the team, and I think I told the man from Times Dispatch that um, I wanted to go to a school where I knew I'd get playing time and I wouldn't have to sit the bench for the two years to get the deserved playing time because mm-hmm. you weren't a standout high school player, right? if that makes any sense. So, like, I came here, and I wasn't expecting to get the minutes or the starting position, honestly. I remember talking to my dad, and we were just, like, setting realistic goals. Like you said, you always had a double-double in high school, so why not set – your goal at 12 points and 10 rebounds for your freshman year. So that was kind of the mission for freshman year. And I wouldn't say I thought about that every day I went out to practice because like most everybody else on our team, some days those practices you just don't want to go. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to play in the game, so you have to go to the practices. I just remember that the first practice was just so much harder than anything I'd ever done in high school, which my high school coach, he ran us plenty, but like – preseason and all that you it's not something you can simulate in high school right so when I came to college it was it was a different we, we never really went to the weight room when I was in high school and, and lifted weights but we did that when we were here and we had a certain test we had to pass so we were supposed to be working towards that in the summer and you know your first year you're like oh I'm gonna just go to college you know you're not thinking about how important that summer is to like the workouts that you have to do in the summer and I didn't really stick to that book as much as I did my my freshman summer, like mm-hmm. after my before this year. Right. But, you know, that was probably the biggest adjustment from high school to college is the speed of the game and the time, the commitment that you have to put into it. I mean, because if you're just going to college as just a student, all you have to really worry about are your classes and maybe like the few clubs that you might be doing. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas if you're a student athlete, you have to worry about the sport that you're playing, the time that you need to get in outside of class. Like, you have to get some time to sleep. So you can't be super focused on class. It's just – it's like a whole lot more time management coming to college than it was in high school. Oh, tremendous amount. You're absolutely right. Kelly Williams, Randolph-Macon, with us here on the sit-down on Central Region Now. Kelly, when did the game slow down for you? You mentioned about the pace and how different it was when you got here as a freshman. When did you walk onto the court one night and go, okay, I got this? Well, I think it was the scrimmage at Mary Washington my freshman year because – the pace then was evident, but I realized, you know, if I want to play and I want to do basketball, I'm going to just have to live with it. Sometimes, you know, maybe I'm not going up the court as fast as everyone else, but I know if I get down there, I'm capable of doing what everyone else can do. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I guess that's kind of how I learned that, I, I mean, I had to deal with the pace. <laughs> well, and it, that didn't seem to be an issue in terms of Coach LaHaye or whatnot, because even this past year, in your sophomore year, there were plays that, you know, your team would get out on transition, but you'd be the last one coming on up the court, probably because you either got the rebound or you were part of the defense or you blocked out so Charlotte could get a rebound. And it took you a few seconds to get up. But if the offense understands that, uh, they're going to wait for your arrival. Well, absolutely. Even in the higher leagues, your big men aren't making up the court as fast no. as your guard. <laughs> they're 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 supposed to get out and transition and be the faster ones, right? Because you're the big player that needs to get the rebounds, and if you put a fifty pound book bag on their back, they may not be able to run up the court as fast either. That's right. So I mean, it's just the pace you get adjusted. It, it's an adjustment, but I learned to deal with it. <laughs> now, now you said Dad said twelve and ten your freshman year. Did Dad give you any uh, goals or expectations before this past season? Absolutely not. He was just like, go out there and play ball. He's like, you exceeded your expectations for last year, so you know maybe don't set a goal. He's like, just go out there and play ball. Just so go. that's what I did. 
go play ball. And one thing that I learned the most about this team was in the preseason, talking with Coach LaHaye, looking at the roster, realizing, you know, only 10 players on the roster. That is not a lot at any collegiate level. does not matter where you are. Um, so there was small margin for error. You couldn't have injuries that would, you know, eliminate players for the entire season, that sort of thing. Did you have concerns like that going into this season? You know, I didn't have the concern because we all we all had the same goal in mind going into the year. And whether that meant somebody did get hurt and we were cut for how many we could have in practice or how many we could have in the games, you know, we we were ready for whatever they threw at us. But I think I've said before also that, like, we all played significant amount of minutes that were in the game. And, yes, we may have been tired at the end of the game, but I like to think the fact that we won ODAC shows that even though we did play a lot of minutes, we were out there playing with all we had, playing with our, just our hearts and not just our athletic abilities. This team went through a lot of ups and downs this year, more ups than downs. But uh, I was there in Harrisonburg the first Saturday in January when you lost a game to Eastern Mennonite on the road that, that you could have easily won. And and frankly, most of the games that you lost this year in talking to Coach afterwards, she would say, you know, had we done this or had we done that, it was in your control, not the other team's control. Um, how do you take those lessons and bounce back so you become a team that can go down to Salem and win the ODAC championship like you did? Well, you know, I always think of it like everybody makes mistakes, but you have to learn from those mistakes. And I felt like losing to Shenandoah and Eastern Mennonite back-to-back, that was our big mistake for the season. And I feel like we did come back stronger after those losses, but also we were missing a few key components. Like Teal was out when we played at Eastern Mennonite. that's right. And whereas maybe her – Things, her stats don't show up so much in the box score. Her being on the court and being that extra player to give you more minutes or give someone else less minutes makes all the difference. I mean, Eastern Mennonite, not to say that they're a bad team, but they weren't as good as Lynchburg that we beat twice or Emory and Henry, which we beat in the ODAX. But, you know, we just we – didn't, we didn't play our game, those, those games, and I think it helped us learn how to – put the components together to play the way we did for ODAX. Now, as many times as you and I have talked, Kelly, I know you are much more interested in team than individual. Um, what you did individually this year was unbelievably impressive. You lead the nation in, in points scored in Division Three. Uh, you're, you're a tenth of a behind, behind from doing a, a national double-double. You finished second in the nation in, in rebounds. You're in the top five in, in blocks. When you look back at all of that now that the season is over, does it seem surreal? Does it seem like something that had you told the Kelly Williams, who was a junior in high school, hey, when you're a sophomore in college, this is what you're going to do? How would she have responded to that? You know, I have been about the team all year, but I would say that the accolades I've gotten, you know, I don't say it made me big headed at all, but it makes me feel like that the pressure or whatever, I shouldn't feel any pressure because I'm capable of doing the things that anybody else in the nation can do mm-hmm. maybe better than they can. But when I was a junior in high school, you know, I remember going to athletic banquets and all my coaches were always tell me that the sky's the limit, you know, like you can do whatever. And I guess that kind of applied to basketball here. I never really thought that going out there on the court and playing ball was going to be about how many stat, how your stats are. You know, right. I always just thought the sky's the limit. I can do whatever I set my mind to. So, I mean, that's kind of how I've played basketball all throughout. It's not I set my mind to this year winning ODAX because we lost last year, yep. and I don't like to lose, <laughs> especially conference championships. I, that was Last year was the first time 
ever since ninth grade that I lost conference championship. We won it every year in high school. Okay. So that hurt. That was the that was that what I wanted to set my mind to doing this year, and that required everybody on the team putting it together, and we did. And and I mean that's that's kind of how the rest of the the rest of the time here should go. The sky's the limit. Maybe next year we exceed past what we did this year. Mm-hmm. And if, if that keeps happening, then every year it'll get a little bit better. And maybe by the time we're seniors, we can make a run at something better than the round of 32. Yeah. You never know. You're right. Now, Kelly, before I let you go, um, it's a Division Three week has been going on here recently. And there are some people who I know has probably looked at your stats, come to Crenshaw, watched your game, seen our coverage uh, in the newspaper, on, on our website, on social media, and kind of wondered, okay, why didn't she go to Gardner-Webb, a big South school? Or why didn't she go to Furman? Or uh, help people understand, because I think sometimes they, they kind of look at the situation and go, you know, she settled for a Division three school. Well, that must mean... She didn't think she could hack it or, or, or whatever they want to come up with in their mind. Whereas I know from talking with you personally here in the last year and, and change, academics is extremely important to you. And that goes back to the beginning of our conversation. So I'll ask you why Division Three, And uh, certainly you're very happy with the choice that you've made. Well, you know, all these people that want to go Division One, all they're thinking about is making it to the league, you know, I don't want to go to the league. I want to be successful in whatever career it is that I choose in the future. Mm-hmm. So accounting major, I'm a computer science minor right now as, as it stands. And, you know, I want to have a job there when in the next after the next two years when I graduate. Right. I want to have a job in that field. So, like, coming to a Division three school, you have that time in the classroom and that one-on-one relationship with your classmates or with your professor. You're not stuck in a lecture hall or missing classes because you're traveling all around the world to right. play all around the continent. <laughs> I mean, some of these teams are going to tournaments in Maui. Just too much. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> well, you're right. That's a lot, and that takes a lot of commitment and a lot of time out of the classroom, and I know that's important to you. But, I mean, ultimately my decision was being close to home and being having a sound foundation for what the rest of my life is going to be like. So, I mean, if that could have been a Division One school, I would have chosen a Division One school. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily why D3. It's just more of like why do, why do you want – what do you want to do with the rest of your life and right. how important that is, that decision, that college decision shouldn't be based on just what you can do on a basketball court. It should be based on – what you can do for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah, you've got 60, 70, 80 years yeah, to worry about. Exactly. I mean, you're not going to be playing basketball <laughs> when you're 50 and 60. I know my grandparents would play basketball. <laughs> I can assure you at the age of 50, I hung up my sneakers a very <laughs> long time ago. <laughs> doubt it. Oh, man. Kelly Williams, Randolph-Macon. We need to say uh, multiple All-American honors, D3Hoops.com, uh, WBCA, uh, obviously, ODAC Player of the Year, setting the ODAC Championship Tournament record for most points and most rebounds in a tournament, and and already you know, over a thousand points scored. You're uh, knocking on the door of the of the all-time rebound record here at Randolph-Macon, held by Katie Anderson, who just graduated a couple of years ago. Uh, so there's there's a lot of fun, you know, looking ahead to the next two years, what you mentioned, what can be accomplished. But I know at the same time, you're grateful for the opportunity. You're grateful for your coaches. And as we close this, let me give you a minute to just talk about your teammates, because I know they are very special to you. Well, you know, 
I haven't seen him as much since we've we've finished basketball. But you had to catch up on your work, it, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I mean, if you think about it, there those nine girls are the ones that you're with almost all the time. You're practicing with them. You're going through those morning practices and everything mm-hmm. else. And you know, they're just the type of people that you walk. walk by on campus and they bring a smile to your face or Becca out there pulling on your book bag, you know, Charlotte, somebody to eat with in SDs. Uh-huh. And, you know, you have Kelsey, you'll just see her zoom by and you want to wave. But, <laughs> but sometimes she might not even see you. And then Ashlyn, she's my sweet mate. So, you know, I mean, I have a really special connection with her because sure. she lives like right across the bathroom from me. Exactly. I can just yell over there at hey. her. I mean, and then you have like freshmen like Becca and Alicia, you know, they come in one year you get to know them so well just through basketball and it's crazy to think that that face that came on a visit with you like last year in Cayman 8 and Estes has become somebody that's like such a crucial part of your life yeah and I mean the people you meet in your life are supposed to shape your life right mm-hmm. so I can't think of nine better people to have met in my life so wow they're very important my teammates that's saying something fans wow <laughs> Kelly Williams from Randolph Macon College, uh, ODAC championship, ODAC player of the year, round of 32 in the NCAA, lead the nation, division three in scoring, second in rebounding, All-American. Not bad for a sophomore, and we get to watch it for two more years, and we can't wait. All right. I hope it's a good two years. (laughs) (laughs) Us too. Kelly, thanks for being with us. No problem. What a great time talking with Kelly earlier this week, and so glad she sat down with us for uh, that conversation and for this edition of what we call the sit-down, where we're hoping uh, twice a month here on Central Region Now, we have the opportunity to sit down and talk with players, coaches, movers and shakers, people that you will be interested in in the local sports realm. Our first edition, New Hermitage head football coach Derek Johnson on our podcast a couple of weeks ago. Kelly Williams here on this edition, and we had a lot of fun with that one, and we're looking forward uh, to future editions of The Sit Down. Now let's get to it. The latest RVA Sports Network top 10 baseball and softball polls, second poll of 2018 and we'll begin with baseball where we have one new team in the top 10 one team dropping out collegiate was number nine last week they dropped out of the poll and the new team debuts at nine and we'll talk about them in just a second at number 10 down to from number eight the royals of prince george who have already suffered a couple of early losses this year Uh, but certainly we're going to have a whole lot to say before all is said and done they're in Class 5 Region B. The new team in the poll, also a member of Class 5 Region B and off to an unbeaten start, going to get tested a little bit more in this second, well, actually third full week of the season. It feels like the second week because week one was almost completely wiped out except at the very end. And they are the Rebels of Douglas Freeman entering the poll at number nine, only new team in our top ten. Moving up to from ten to eight are the Titans of Cosby, who have a huge road trip coming up on Tuesday. We'll talk more about that on the week ahead in a moment. And then our top seven fans remain the same from last week. Uh, We had some action in between uh, uh, the the top seven, top six, actually. As back on Monday, Hanover and Mills Godwin played each other over at Godwin, and it was a 3-0 game early. Hanover scored three to tie it. Godwin was able to get a run in and hold on for the 4-3 victory over the Hawks. And so Hanover began the year 0-2. Their game that was supposed to be Thursday against Dinwiddie got rained out slash snowed out, whatever, for the second time. And so they will not have a chance to play the Generals before they head down to carry North Carolina. More on that in a moment. 
Cosby from 10 to 8, holding steady at 7, Atley. Atley has some action coming up, including a uh, home game Thursday night against rival, arch rival, really, Lee Davis, going into the break. And they have a game during the break, home against Massaponics on the Thursday of spring break, uh, April the 5th. Hanover holds steady at number 6, despite the losses to James River and Mills Godwin, both ahead of them in our poll, and they are on their way on Tuesday to Cary, North Carolina for the National High School Invitational. This is an event put on by USA Baseball. It is the first time that Hanover has been invited to this invitation-only event. 16 teams, they'll play three games at the U.S. Baseball Complex in Cary, which is a huge suburb of Raleigh, North Carolina. Think of it as Glen Allen or Midlothian here in the Richmond area. Their first game is against a team from Louisiana, ranked in the top 10 in some national polls. And that game is on Wednesday morning. So make sure you're with us on Twitter this week at Hanover Sports to keep up with how the Hawks are doing down in Carolina. They hold steady at 6. Benedictine picks up a couple of good wins on Saturday, including a win over Collegiate. And they hold steady at number 5. At 4, holding steady there and really kind of waiting for the dust to settle with all the make goods and whatnot to really get into the heart and the meat of their schedule. The Wildcats of Deep Run. Number 3, James River, steady as last week. Number two, St. Christopher's, victorious on Saturday. And they stay in their same position and holding steady for the second week of the poll in number one. The Eagles of Mills Godwin getting that win over Hanover Monday. Their game on Friday night at home against J.R. Tucker was postponed due to wet weather. They'll get a game at home against Hermitage before uh, spring break. And then they're going to have some pretty tough competition down in Tidewater over spring break, including a date with the team in Region 5A, or should we say Class 5 Region A, uh, that could have something to say about what happens come June. Always a threat, and they are the Hawks of Hickory High School. Douglas Freeman remembers them, of course, from the 2014 state championship in the old Group 5A title matchup when they lost to them in extra innings. So there's your top 10 in baseball. Mills Godwin, St. Christopher's, James River, your top three. Deep run four, Benedictine five. Hanover six, at least seven. All the same from last week. Eight, moving up from 10, Cosby. Nine, new to the pole, Douglas Freeman. 10, down from eight, Prince George. Now to the softball top 10. And there are some changes here in the bottom. The top six are still the same. But we've got a mover-upper, and we've got three new teams in the poll, as we've already had some early-season matchups that may, down the line, uh, determine some seedings in tournaments in regions 4B, 5B, and 6B. New to the poll at number 10, despite falling at Patrick Henry on Friday night. They had a lead for a while, then the Patriots were able to get their bats going, and they get a win at home in a make-good game, a game that was originally supposed to be back on March 13th, 7-3 the final. But the Midlothian Trojans, already with a win in hand over James River, a team that was considered in the preseason top 10, just just along with Midlothian and Powhatan, were just outside the top 10 to start uh, the 2018 season. They debut here in the second poll at number 10. Watch out for the Trojans. Uh, there's a lot of teams in Region 4B getting to the semifinals. Going to be very interesting. Remember, in your region, if you get to the semifinals and you win, you clinch a state tournament bid. Each region sends two teams to the state tournament, and the state quarterfinal round 
returns to baseball, softball, soccer after a four-year absence this season. And so in Region 4B, you've got Patrick Henry, you've got Hanover, you've got Powhatan, you've got Dinwiddie, you've got Midlothian. All of them have been or are currently ranked. That's the top five, and that doesn't count some teams from out of town that are also part of that 13-team region. So if you see what I'm saying, there's going to be a really good team that ends up out in the quarterfinal round because you can only accept four, and I can rattle off five really good teams to you like I just did a moment ago. Midlothian new at 10. New at 9 and another team that's really looking good but suffered a heartbreaking loss last Monday night, the Eagles of Mills Godwin. We had just left Clover Hill, and we took 288 and uh, stopped in on Mills Godwin. And just as we got there, Godwin had a 4-1 lead on Hanover in the top of the seventh. Uh, I'm in the car briefly. I decide to get out, and I haven't gone into the complex yet. I'm looking through uh, two sets of chain link fences at the game. Bases are loaded in the seventh. Julia Mardigan at bat, and with two strikes on her, she launches a grand slam home run over the right center field wall. Hanover takes a 5-4 lead. Godwin loads the bases in the seventh, but Ellen Paglia gets a strikeout, her 13th, I believe, that evening, to uh, leave the bases full of Eagles, and the Eagles lose a heartbreaker at home, 5-4, the final score. But they are a team that is going to have a lot to say as to what happens in Region 5B, and we'll have tons of opportunities for good wins, but it's going to be a lot of fun watching several different teams Again, in the West End of Henrico, as it always is, between Mills Godwin and Glenn Allen and, and uh, J.R. Tucker, who got the uh, a win over deep run early in the season. Don't count the Tigers out. Um, West End softball, always a lot of fun. Mills Godwin's going to have to kind of get through that gauntlet and then get ready in Region 5B to face the likes of, well, some teams we'll talk about here further up the chart. I'm up one to number, excuse me, love, we skipped number eight. I didn't mean to. At number eight, also new to the top ten. The Indians of Powhatan, head-to-head matchup on Monday against ranked team Dinwiddie. That was a crazy game. It was 4-4 in the second, then Powhatan scored four more to go up 8-4, ends up winning that game. Dinwiddie, one of three teams to drop out of our poll this week. Glenn Allen also dropped out, Deep Run also dropped out. So new to the poll, 10 Midlothian, 9 Mills Godwin, and 8 Powhatan, who is going to be a huge threat in Region 4B before all is said and done. Up one from 8 to 7, thanks to that big come-from-behind win, uh, the Hanover Hawks. Hanover's looking really strong, although they're really young this year. If Ellen Paglia can continue to pitch well for them, stays healthy, and the, and the freshmen on the team continue to con- congeal and get experience and that team come together, uh, I think the Hawks are going to be definitely a threat. They can certainly score runs. They put up 11 in the home win over James River a week ago Friday night. Uh, they got the grand slam with their backs against the wall against Godwin to win 5-4. to four. So they're finding different ways to win. And our game of the week on Thursday night is going to be a lot of fun when Patrick Henry comes in to face Hanover. That's the same night Atley and Lee Davis play ball. We're going to get to their rematch in Mechanicsville later in the season. But we really want to keep an eye on the Patriots and the Hawks, two teams that want to threaten in Region 4B. That's our game of the week on Thursday night, and it starts at 6 p.m. on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash RBA Sports Network. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, and we've had some new subscribers in the last week or so, thank you so much for doing that. Let me explain real quick to you. Subscription costs nothing, and we do not bug you. We're not like a service where you go, can we have your email address? And then we send you four sales emails a day. We don't do that. 
the only time that you will get emails from us when you subscribe is either A, when we put up a new video on our YouTube channel, or B, we go live. We send out an email 30 minutes before game time and when the game begins. YouTube.com slash RVA Sports Network. You subscribe, and then that way you never miss another live game of the week. That's Thursday night, Patrick Henry at Hanover, softball at 6 p.m. Hanover currently at 7, up one from last week. The top six remain the same, but worth talking about. Number six, Manchester, holding steady. Number five, Lee Davis, who was supposed to be on our game of the week against Glen Allen at Glen Allen Friday night, and that game got canceled late Friday afternoon due to wet grounds. That's why we were not on the air this past Friday. So Lee Davis uh, got a couple of games this week. They've only played once, and it was against Hermitage, so they have not really been tested yet. And, and now into the third week of the regular season, if I know head coach Jackie Davis like I do, I know she's antsy to get that team up and running and get some action in and get some rhythm and flow going so that team can can grow and get ready for all the big action coming into the regular season and into the postseason. Just ahead of them, the team they'll face on Thursday night on the road, three-time defending state champion Atley. They've already suffered one loss this year, and that was, of course, at home to Prince George on the game of the week in their season opener. They have Clover Hill on the road on Monday afternoon. And we're going to be at that game for a while before we head over to Cosby for our Monday night girls lacrosse game of the week. We'll talk more about that before we close up shop here on the podcast. So Atley at four, and they have a trip to Clover Hill Monday. And again, Lee Davis coming in on Thursday. Three holding steady, the Titans of Cosby. Two holding steady. We mentioned their win Friday night at home, 7-3 over Midlothian. The Patriots of Patrick Henry. And still at number one, And showing no signs of slowing down, three wins, three shutouts for Laura Thompson and the Prince George Royals. They remain atop our polls. So top 10 softball again, one Prince George, two Patrick Henry, three Cosby, four Atley, five Lee Davis, six Manchester. They're all the same from last week. Hanover up one to seven and new to the poll. Eight Powhatan, nine Mills Godwin, ten Midlothian, uh, jumping just ahead of Glen Allen, Dinwiddie, deep run who fall out of the top 10 top 10 polls every Sunday for baseball and softball through the end of the regular season and again our super seven polls for boys and girls lacrosse boys and girls soccer debut two weeks from as we record this today April 8th on the Central Region Now podcast now quickly before we wrap things up you can see the complete list at rbasportsnetwork.com along with our top 10 polls And that is the week ahead. We've taken a look at all the schedules from Monday through Thursday and given you kind of synopsis of some of the big games, top games that you'll want to keep your eye on and that we will keep our eyes on as the week progresses. As we mentioned in softball, Atlee goes to Clover Hill on Monday. Cosby goes to Metoica Monday. Then they turn around and go to James River on Tuesday. Those will be two good road tests for the third-ranked Titans. Number one, Prince George back in action against Thomas Dale on the road Tuesday afternoon. And then they host Dinwiddie, who just dropped out of our top ten, but certainly will be a force to be reckoned with in Region 4B. That is a 5 o'clock start on Thursday. Huge day of softball on Thursday. Lee Davis finally back in action up in in North Stafford. Uh, That'll be on Tuesday night at 6 Number two, Patrick Henry. They take a trip to James River for a Wednesday matinee at 4.30. Also Wednesday, good matchup. Number 10, Midlothian to number eight, 
Powhatan. That will be fun to watch. Powhatan then has to turn around Thursday and go to number six, Manchester. So the Indians, with a pair of wins this week, I suspect will rise up our poll. A great test for both Manchester at home and Midlothian on the road. A very veteran team in Powhatan, and they're hoping to make dividends with that this year in 4B. Kind of like how Patrick Henry has a ton of experience coming back this year as well. Uh, Dinwiddie Prince George is on Thursday, as we mentioned. That's at 5. The Powhatan at Manchester game starts at 4.30. Our game of the week, number two, uh, Patrick Henry at number 7 Hanover, starts at 6 p.m. Live on the game of the week on our YouTube channel. Link to the broadcast is available on the week ahead at rvasportsnetwork.com. And, of course, we put the embedded YouTube player up as well. Uh, each broadcast at rvasportsnetwork.com. And we mentioned number five, Lee Davis, at number four, Atley, on Thursday as well. Baseball, Colonial Heights at Verina Monday. That should be that should be very interesting. Number eight, Cosby, to number three, James River, Tuesday. This will be the first time in either four or five years that we have not broadcast that game, and I'm sorry we could not. I had a previous commitment on uh, on Tuesday that precluded us from doing it. Otherwise, we'd be there because that's one of our favorite places to call a baseball game and one of our favorite rivalries in the area. That's Tuesday at 6. Dinwiddie goes to Colonial Heights at Shepherd Stadium that same night. Wednesday, as we mentioned earlier, number 6 Hanover begins play in the National High School Invitational in Cary, North Carolina that morning. Uh, on Thursday, a couple of games of note. Number 9 Douglas Freeman comes to Glen Allen. Jags looking to break the top 10. Dinwiddie just outside our baseball top 10, goes to number 10, Prince George, Thursday at 5. And Thomas Dale Matoica, good old Southern Chesterfield rivalry, Thursday at 6. Teams trying to make hay, Thomas Dale in 6B, Matoica in a very competitive 5B. Girls lacrosse, we mentioned our game of the week on Monday night. We will be live at Cosby High School when the Atlee Raiders come in to take on the Cosby Titans. Should be a great one. We'll go live at 7 o'clock on the game of the week on our YouTube channel. So again, subscribe at youtube.com slash RVA Sports Network. You have a listen live link available right now on the week ahead at rvasportsnetwork.com, and we'll put the embedded player up on the top of rvasportsnetwork.com on Monday afternoon. That's Monday. Uh, on Wednesday, a couple of games to watch out for. Glenn Allen against Douglas Freeman at Greenwood Park, the new facility on Woodman Road, uh, just off of I-295. And Deep Run goes to Cosby. So Cosby's got Atley coming in Monday and Deep Run coming in Wednesday. Two good tests for the Titans. Wednesday night, we're going to be live at Hanover with two young teams really starting to make some hay. Patrick Henry and Hanover, 7.30 start, live tweet coverage on Hanover Sports. Looking forward to that matchup between the young Patriots and the young Hawks. Boys lacrosse this week, highlighted by Midlothian hosting James River Monday night at 7. Same time, we're live on the air with Atley Cosby girls. Cosby Atley boys will take place at Atley also at 7. Hanover goes to deep run Monday night at 7.30. So Monday, a big boys lacrosse night. And a couple of games to note later in the week, Glenn Allen against Douglas Freeman Wednesday night, 7.30 at Greenwood Park. And Deep Run goes to Albemarle Thursday for a match before they head into spring break. Boys soccer of note this week, Deep Run at Matoica Tuesday night at 7, James River at Cosby the same, Prince George at Thomas Dale the same, and then James River goes to Mills Godwin Thursday at 7. Girls soccer deep run at Maggie Walker Monday night. New Kent goes to Colonial Heights that same night as well. J.R. Tucker goes to Lee Davis on Tuesday at 6. And also Tuesday night, Cosby's at James River. And Cortland 
comes to Hanover in a Region 4B battle. And in tennis of note, Deep Run Mills Godwin Round 1 this week. The boys will play at Mills Godwin Tuesday at 4.30, and at the same time, it'll be girls' action at Deep Run. First time Deep Run's face Mills Godwin in four years without Nina Sorkin. Now at Virginia Tech. So you can get all of that information and more on the week ahead right now at rvasportsnetwork.com. A schedule of some of the bigger games going on this week in spring sports, as well as our top 10 baseball and softball polls. Our podcast is always also available at the top of the page at rvasportsnetwork.com. And we appreciate you listening, downloading, enjoying, and sharing with your friends. Back next week, we'll have an edition of Central Region Now on Easter Sunday because we have a lot of spring break baseball to focus on, including the Deep Run Spring Break Tournament, which gets underway next Monday, April the 2nd. We're going to be live there with Twitter coverage throughout the tournament. Uh, But more importantly, that Monday night, that last first-round game, is going to be a top-five battle between number four Deep Run and number two St. Christopher's, and we're going to bring it to you live April 2nd, Monday night, 7 o'clock, on the RVA Sports Network. So, If we go after 9 o'clock, just turn down the sound. No offense to Jim Nance and Grant Hill and Bill Raftery. You can watch the national championship while you listen to what should be one of the better regular season baseball games this year. Deep Run St. Christopher's, a week from Monday, April 2nd, 7 o'clock, right here on the RVA Sports Network. And our Game of the Week broadcast schedule, always available on the right-hand side of the page at rvasportsnetwork.com. As we close, a quick word to remind you about our weekly Friday segment on ESPN Richmond on the Black and Drew Sports Huddle. RVA locals only. Every Friday at 9.30, we join Bob Black and Andrew Wallace live in the studio, and we talk with the movers and shakers in high school and local sports here in the RVA. Looking forward to getting guests lined up for this week and the month of April. Really looking forward come summertime as school lets out and we have more of an opportunity to talk with some of the student-athletes in the area uh, to be able to bring them to you as well. want to thank Farm Bureau Insurance for signing on as a sponsor of RVA Locals Only each week on ESPN Richmond. And you can listen every Friday morning, 9.30. Great to join Bob Black and Andrew Wallace. 99.5, 102.7 FM. 9.50 on the AM dial at ESPNRichmond.com. If you're in the office or if you're on the go, download the ESPN Richmond app, and you can listen that way as well. RVA Locals only every Friday morning at 9.30, only on ESPN Richmond, an exclusive presentation of ESPN Richmond and the RVA Sports Network. And uh, Central Region Now is an exclusive podcast presentation of the RVA Sports Network, privately uh, meant for the solely for the – let me try that again eh, – solely intended for the private non-commercial use of our audience that's more like it any other use of our podcast without the express written consent of hcs media llc is prohibited you know we got a lot of great media partners i just want to send a quick shout out as we close to esp richmond with our new venture rva locals only having so much fun with that to our partners and friends at nbc 12 who've been with us the last five seasons in high school football course we write the sports section for the herald progress our big big thanks to them and can't forget about whan radio who of course anchors our radio high school football game of the week coverage we've been there since 2002 thanks to all rob with them saying have a safe week going to be a lot of fun so stay with us on twitter and listen to our game of the week broadcast monday and thursday and we'll see you on the sidelines